Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. We are here to help you get those projects done. So before you pick up the paintbrush, before you pick up the tools, pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. And let's tackle that project together. Hey, speaking of togetherness, are you thinking about surprising your sweetheart with a makeover for Valentine's Day? Wait, like a facial makeover? No, like a home improvement nice. makeover. Come on. <laughs> no, it would be really rude to offer a facial makeover. <laughs> hey, honey, I love you, but you really need a Happy makeover. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Here's some Botox. <laughs> well, when it comes to decor, men are not from Mars, but they may be from Home Depot while women are from Lowe's True. or something of that sort. We're going to have some tips to make sure that you're both happy with the results of a romantic home improvement project in just a few minutes. And also ahead, I'm going to share with you one of my personal favorite little tricks, especially if you've got extra long ironing projects, you know, like drapes or bedding that you're just trying to press after you've washed them or had them cleaned. Well, I'm going to tell you how you can have that without having everything hanging off your ironing board and onto the dirty floor. And have you received tempting offers in the mail or online from duct cleaning services? I love the they pictures are, that they send. Yeah, they're, they're always very disgusting, right? Very alarming. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, we're going to help you discover why frequent rigorous cleanings of your heating ducts are not necessarily a good idea for the ductwork itself or for your health. We'll tell you about a better way to keep the air clean in just a bit. And this hour, we've got a great prize. We're giving away a VTech phone with Bluetooth technology that will allow you to download numbers from your cell phone. Sounds pretty cool. It's worth almost 100 bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us today at one eight 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 Money Pit with their home improvement question. So pick up the phone and let's get to it. Who's first? Gerald in Montana has a window question. What can we do for you? Uh, we have uh, some windows that we like to increase the energy on. Uh, these windows are... Uh, made out of cherry. They're beautiful woodwork, which matches the rest of the, you know, the building's interior in a couple of rooms. They're double hung with sash cords and so forth. And we don't want to replace the wood. So okay. can, we, can we do something else? Well, storm windows would be your, your only option. Do you have them now? We have some uh, aluminum storms that were put in the 50s, and I don't mm -hmm. think they're very efficient. Yeah. Well, you know, the storm windows are a little bit better today than they were in the 50s. Um, you're going to have to find a supplier for them. For an older house, there's a website called oldhouseweb.com 
that has a supplier directory that's got uh, 20 or 25 different manufacturers that make storm windows listed on it, that's probably a good place to start and call around and get a sense as to what's available. You can also, you know, improve your weather stripping and, and things of that nature around the old windows. But truth to be told, those windows are just not really energy efficient. And anything you do is going to be you know, a matter of you trying a bunch of things to see what works best, but they're not ever going to be really energy efficient without putting a storm window on top of it. Okay. Well, I'll sure look into that. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Doris in Texas is calling in with a flooring situation. What can we do for you? Well, I have carpet. The dogs have been in the room, and it smells bad, and I can't get the odor out. What hmm. would be a good thing to use to get the odor out of the carpet? Mm -hmm. When it comes to dealing with pet odor, the important thing to remember is that the reason why you have that odor is that it's a bacterial sort of remnant that remains, whether it's from, you know, just a wet dog or perhaps an accident. But there are some products out there that are made with you know, almost like a living enzyme that attack that bacteria and get rid of that odor. And a really good one is a kit, and it's called the 123 Odor Free Kit. And it's from a professional cleaning company. They started this business, you know, for homeowners to deal with pet odor. And the website is justright.com, except right is R-I-T-E.com. So justright.com. You'll get the kit, follow the directions exactly. It's sort of a step-by-step. You have to, you know, inject one thing into the carpet pad and then put a wet towel. It's kind of, you know, a five-step process, but it really works. We used it when we first got our dog and, you know, she wasn't housebroken and she had some accidents and the carpeting, and it's gone. You would never know that anything ever happened. Okay, I'll try that. All right, good luck with that. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, Gary in California, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? I wanted to ask you about the benefits of insulating your subfloor. The benefits are warm feet. <laughs> well, that's what I've always heard. And then I've done building and remodels. I worked for the railroad. I've done all these kinds of things over the years. And I thought, you know, I'm a tall guy and it's hard to get under there. I'm going to hire a contractor. So I called the insulation guy. Right. And he said, it's a waste of money. He says, you don't gain anything. And I was really surprised to hear that, especially yeah. since we're going to go from carpet to hardwood or tile. Yeah. Well, I don't agree with that. It's true that most of the heat loss is going to be through your ceiling, followed by your walls. So the floor is responsible for the least amount of heat loss. But there is an important consideration when it comes to comfort. You know, we're kidding about the cold feet, but it really is true. If you have an insulated floor, you're going to find that that floor surface is a lot warmer than it is right now. And I do think that insulating floors is a good idea. And in fact, in most building codes, they require floors to be insulated. So, you know, I think you got an insulation guy there that might just want, not want the job. You may want to move on uh, to find somebody who does. But it's not a terribly complex job. It's not difficult to do. It's, you know, kind of a nasty place to work for a couple of hours. But I think that you will find that it's a good thing to do, save you a little bit of money, and make the place a lot more comfortable. Well, and, and the, on the, when you say uncomfortable and, and it's a, a pretty good task, this is an older home, and it's set on 4 by 6s with uh, four foot between centers, and then 2 by 6 and then plywood above that. So it's it's a little more than just going in and, and throwing some 24-inch bats across there. You got any suggestions? Because the joists are, are wider than normal? Is that what you're saying? The space yes. between the joists? Two-foot centers, they're four-foot centers. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to come up with some strategy for supporting the insulation in place. Um, how could you do that? I've seen it done with chicken wire, where you put oh, the insulation bats 
uh, up, and then you basically run some chicken wire underneath and tack that up kind of as you go, and that supports it and holds it in place. So I would come up with a creative solution like that. I think that'll do the trick. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Plus, you don't have to worry about dogs and cats and other things getting in there. Or chickens. There, there you go. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's great. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can be part of the Money Pit, so pick up the phone and give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, men may be from Mars and women may be from Venus when it comes to home decorating, that is. So we're going to have the tips that will help you create a look you'll both love after this. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question and perhaps a brand new phone because we're giving away the VTEC DS6321. It's the first cordless phone system that can download your cell phone's directory using Bluetooth technology. So we're getting closer to having one phone that really does it all. It's worth $99.95. Comes with three separate handsets. So give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT for the answer to your question and your chance to win. All right. Well, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you are having some decorating dilemmas at your money pit, because we all know that when it comes to home decorating, there's a stereotype out there. And it pretty much is that, you know, men often lack that feminine touch, that women's touch when it comes to decorating. And women like all things lacy and frilly, of course. <laughs> well, often neither is true. I, I, I know a lot of people that this really does not work for. So if you're planning to surprise your sweetheart with a room redo this Valentine's Valentine's Day. Here are some things to keep in mind. First of all, men prefer earthy colors and durable materials like leather and hardwood. Hey, I know a lot of girls who like those things too. But these materials are great for mixing and matching with softer fabrics and patterns to create that cozy and warm, you know, kind of feminine look that women tend to gravitate to. And when it comes to paint, neutral colors work well for both, along with gray blues and sea greens. Now, if you're not sure how your honey will like the brand new decor, you can flip through a few decor magazines together beforehand to see how he or she reacts to the different schemes they lay out. Then head on over to the paint store and work with the pre-selected palettes. I love these because they make sure that all the colors mm -hmm. you choose will blend together nicely, ensuring it's harmony like in your room and in your relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I do have to say, should Ed and I be looking through a magazine together and, and he asked me something like, what do you think of this? I might right? be really suspicious. Yeah. Well, I might be like, why? What's going on? What are you going to do? Don't do anything <laughs> without asking me. <laughs> That's just your suspicious nature. It's true. Plus, you wouldn't trust your husband with a paintbrush. A lot of other things, but not so much the paintbrush. 888-666-3974. <laughs> Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Who's next? Judy in Minnesota has an interesting situation, being that you only get hot water if you do laundry first. This, this is my mother. She has to run enough water to fill her water, or her wash machine before the water heater will come on enough to heat up the water for, so she can take a shower. So hmm. does she have the wrong kind of water heater, or does she is it hooked up wrong, or what? But she has to run enough water. She doesn't apparently run enough otherwise. 
You know, washing huh. hands and dishes isn't enough. What kind of a water heater does she have? Is it electric or gas? It's electric. Yeah. Okay, here's what's going on. Electric water heaters oh, have two thermostats. My husband just said, no, it's not. It's gas. Oh, man, you blew my whole answer. <laughs> oh, I had sorry. it all figured out. Sorry. <laughs> it's gas. All right. Well, if it's gas, something's obviously wrong with the thermostat. How old is it, Judy? Yes. Uh, not very old. She just had a new one put in shortly ago, so it's less mm. than a year old, I would yeah, say. Yeah, something's wrong with the control circuit. Something's wrong with the thermostat. It's not Maybe heating it, up the water it, properly. It might even be a simple solution as it's not dialed up to the correct temperature. Yeah, oh, well, we tried that. You tried yeah. that. Now, Judy, I don't, think, I don't think that the thermostat is working right because it should be measuring the temperature and con- controlling when the burner comes on and off. I was going to say, if you had electric water heater, it would make perfect sense because there's two there's two heating elements. One's up high and one's down low. And if she only, if she had one that was burned out, that would be why she had to spill off a lot of hot, a lot of cold water before she found the hot. But with electric, it's a matter of the thermostat not regulating the water temperature properly. So if it's only a, a year old, though, it should be under warranty. So I would start with the manufacturer and go from there. Okay. I appreciate the answer. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Craig in Iowa, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Yeah, I've got a moisture problem in my house, um, and it's actually on the on the outside walls. Okay. Um, so in the winter, when it gets very cold here, um, actually get condensation on the walls themselves. Like, hmm. you get some on the windows, but also on the walls. Okay. And the house feels dry. Like, it doesn't seem like we have excess moisture in here. Okay, and we're sure that we're not uh, having any sort of a leak here. No, because it's in various places in the house, and okay. it's only towards the bottom of the walls. All right. Well, obviously, it's still very damp inside of the house. You're not feeling it um, yourself, but it's evidencing itself on the wall. A couple of things. First of all, there's an insulation issue because the walls are probably colder than they need to be. So I don't think you have continuous insulation. You may want to think about having a home energy audit done where the walls could be scanned with an infrared scanner and actually point out the cold spots in the wall. The second thing that you could do is take some steps to reduce the amount of humidity inside the house. Um, You know, April Air makes a product called a whole home dehumidifier that can be adjusted to run 24-7 and maintain just the right amount of humidity, whether it's the summer or the winter in every room of your house, not just, say, for example, a basement. Other things that you can do would be to improve the grading and the drainage at the foundation perimeter. Yeah, control that moisture that's coming in from the outside so that it doesn't become a problem inside. Yeah, so we have less water against the foundation. Mary in Tennessee needs some help in the bathroom. Tell us about the problem. We have the tile board up, goes around the tub, and it's just all rotted out around there. Hmm. Well, if you go up a couple of tiles high, Mary, do you still have the same kind of problem, or is it really just that bottom row? It's the bottom. Okay. Well, here's what you need to do to fix this. Uh-huh. You're going to have to remove the damaged wall board and the damaged tile down in that area. And what you want to try to do is remove at least one tile where the wall board actually turns solid again, like peel it off the surface. Because then what you're going to do is basically rebuild that deteriorated bottom edge with some new drywall. And better than using regular drywall, we recommend you use something called Dens Armor, which is a fiberglass face 
drywall that uh, is not going to be as water it's completely moisture resistant it's made to mm-hmm. withstand mold i mean it really will not grow molds because you're getting rid of the food source no paper no food source for mold and i think if you're able to just patch that in there especially in the area where you're seeing a lot of abuse and a lot of you know splatter from water you'll be able to solve this problem then when it comes time to replace the tiles if you can save the the ones that you pulled off great if you can't Go for a complementary color because you're never going to get If you had white, you're never going to get the exact same white. Right. If you had yellow, you won't get the exact same yellow. But if you had yellow and you put blue in or you put brown or you put mauve, you know, it'll look like it was always supposed to be that way. Patrick in California has a heating question. What can we help you with? The question that I have is I live in Huntington Beach, California, and down by the beach, and I'm getting ready to put in a new bathroom uh, and pull all the flooring out, and I want to put in a heating system that's sub-tile. Okay. Um, and once all the tile's out, I just have a wood surface. And, and my understanding is, is that, that the actual heating pad is somehow tacked onto the floor, and then it's floated with uh, like a thin set to, to keep it in place. Is that, are you going to use true? the Are you going to use the electric radiant heat panels? Yes, sir. The electric or, radiant. Or do you want or, or do you want to use the hot water system? No, it just uh, number one, we don't have basements in Southern California, as you know, right. and uh, I just wouldn't have a space for it. And it's just this one small area. It's going to end up being about uh, uh, about four foot by six foot total, so twenty four square feet. All right. Well, then you can apply the you can apply the radiant floor panels right to the subfloor, and then you okay. could put a mortar bed on top of that. That's the best way to do that. Okay. One last question. When I ordered it, they suggested I get a secondary alarm. Uh, to, to tell if there's any, any breaks or any cuts or any kind of uh, defects in the system. Would you recommend installing that, or is that just a waste of time? Having well, a secondary that sounds to me like a, is that sounds to me like a continuity tester, and you would test it. Correct. You would test that before you put the mortar down. So after the mortar's down, if you have a break in the system, how does that it's help you? It's going to be hard you? to repair it. Yeah, how does that help you? You'd end up tearing up the floor anyway. Yeah, I guess you got a point there. So it's really it's, it's over uh, overdoing it then. Sounds like I it's a bit overkill. In. If you put it down before you put the mortar down, you test the continuity, so you know there's no right. breaks in that, and everything's working right. fine. Then I think you just go with it from there. Okay, that's t- excellent. I, I'm glad I uh, learned what I needed to know, and I'm ready to go do it now. All right, Patrick. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Enjoy those warm feet. Pam in Michigan has a question about heating. How can we help you stay warm and toasty? Um, I have a manufactured home, and it's about 14 years old, and uh, I put it on some private property, you know, with crawl space and all. Um, my question is, this home, this type of home has a heating tube. I don't know if I, that's proper terminology for it or not, but it, it to me it resembles a flexible pipe like a dryer vent pipe, okay? But it goes the whole length of the house, and then it branches off to all the little floor registers. Right. And my question is... Would I save any money? Um, would it be more efficient if I converted that over to regular duct work? No, not not at all. You're talking about flex duct, and that's actually very common, especially in a manufactured home. If you want uh-huh. to look for ways to save money, uh, mm-hmm. go back to basics here, Pam. Make sure you have at least 19 inches of fiberglass insulation in your attic space. Make sure you have insulation in the crawl space. You know, Take a look at the weather stripping, things like that. That's going to be the best way to cut on energy costs. The duct system, as long as it's properly installed, should be fine. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. All right, Pam. Good luck with that project. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, ironing, it's a chore, seriously, no matter how you look at it. But we're going to share a favorite tip of mine that will make ironing go way more smoothly. So stick around. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So before the break, we were talking about ironing. I know everybody's like, ironing, law. I hate that chore. Pretty much, I don't iron any of my clothes. If it's something that needs to be ironed, it goes to the dry cleaner. I hate pressing shirts. Now, when it comes to home items like drapery or beddings. Yes, I've even ironed sheets once, but granted it was for a photo shoot that was happening in my house. I would (laughs) never, ever press my sheets on a normal circumstance, although I know clients that do. Shh, never mind. Don't tell anybody. But here's a great tip. If you've got ironing to do that requires large items like your drapes or your bedding, this is what you can do. You can get an extra long table, whether it's your folding table that you use when you've got guests, a plastic one that you keep in your garage, and then just measure it out and head on over to your local carpet store and you can ask them if they've got a scrap of that felt carpet pad most often they will charge you like two dollars nothing five dollars just chat with them about it and you can get a piece of that felt carpet pad the same size as your table then what you do is you get some muslin or a painter's tarp something that's inexpensive and you just basically lay that felt pad on top of your table then take your canvas on top and in a pinch, I've taped it to the underside of the table. In a more permanent solution, I have sewed, you know, elastic to the corners and sewed the felt pad to the canvas itself so that it became almost like a fitted sheet for the table. Either way you do it, both solutions work fantastically. And now you have a huge table that is your ironing board. So it works great if you've got sewing projects, if you're making drapes, if you're just ironing your drapes. It's a great thing to keep around. You can roll it up and just hide it away in a closet when you're done, and you've got it on hand when you need it. 888-666-3974 is the number you need to call if you need us to smooth the wrinkles in your home improvement project. (laughs) Let's get right back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? Cinda in Missouri has a venting question. What can we do for you? Uh, Yes, we recently purchased a home, and it has a heat pump. Okay. We're... Someone told us, uh, actually the owner told us to make sure to keep the vents open uh, to, from the outside of the house to make sure it gets enough air. Is, is that something we really need to be concerned of? We've got tile floors and it's cold on the, uh, seems to keep the floors cold. So you, you say vents open on the outside of the house. You mean the supply registers on the exterior walls? Uh, I believe that would be true. It's Yes, down near the foundation of the home. Right. Okay, well, look, um, the way a heat pump works is, this is an electric heat pump, I'm going to presume, It a standard fossil-fueled furnace, like a gas or oil furnace, is going to heat up your air to somewhere around 130 degrees or 140 degrees. So when you put your hand in front of it, it really feels warm coming out of the, out of the register. A heat pump is only going to heat it up to like around 100, 110 degrees. So the difference is that when you put your hand in front of it, it doesn't really feel warm because 
In fact, what's going on is that wet air is blowing across your skin and the force of the moisture evaporating off your skin makes your skin feel cooler than it really is. Even though it heats the house, it does so differently and very gradually. So closing those off is not going to help you. If you close those off, it's going to take even longer to heat up the house. The best way to use a heat pump is to set it and forget it. Choose a temperature that you like. Leave it at that temperature. Come hell or high water, it's always at that temperature. Now, you can use a clock setback thermostat with a heat pump, but you have to have a special one that moves the heat up very, very slowly because the way a heat pump works is it only maintains a two-degree differentiation between what it's set at and what the temperature is in the room. So if you set it at, say, 74 and the temperature falls to 73, heat pump comes on, 72, the heat pump's still on, 71, the heat pump says, whoa, I can't keep up with this because it's more than two degrees between what the temperature is in the room and what the thermostat says it should be. And then it brings on the electric resistance heat, which is a backup to the heat pump that's built into it, but that costs about two to two and a half times as much to run. So you end up heating your house all winter with straight resistance heat. So with a heat pump, it's never going to be as warm as a gas or oil system, if that's what you're used to, but you're, mo you're best to just sort of set it and leave it alone. Don't close those vents. It'll take a lot longer for the house to heat up. Howard in New York needs some help with a cinder block situation. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, basically my house is, um, was built in 1950 and I have a cinder block foundation. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a couple of the cinder blocks, the, the face of it just started crumbling. I found it on a washer, uh, the dryer down there last week. And it's not all the way through, it's just part of it. And the people that had it before we painted the wall, so there's some kind of paint on there. But it's not all the cinder blocks, it's just the scattered few. I have no uh, leaks in the basement or anything. So I was wondering if it's something I can patch that up with and then maybe paint over it. And Howard, the uh, what you're calling the deterioration, does it kind of look like a white crusty material? Uh, no, it's like the whole cinder block itself. It just crumpled and just fell off. Like all right, so this okay. is physically deteriorated. Okay, so if we've got to do a repair here, you're going to have to do this in a couple of steps. First of all, you've got to remove the old paint. Now, you could just wire brush that and get it down to the block because you can't put any kind of repair material over paint that's not adhered to the block wall because it just won't stick. Right. And then secondly, you're going to use an epoxy patching compound. You can't use more mortar or concrete. You have to use an epoxy patch. And that you can trowel on and, and float out so it's nice and flat. And when you're all done uh, on all those spots, then you can repaint the wall and you won't even know it's there. Okay. It's only in a few spots, and we have no water down the basement or anything. It yeah, it doesn't sound too serious. Um, you know, you you may be getting some spalling, a little bit of that concrete. If it's only in a few spots, but uh, it would be pretty much a cosmetic job just to fix it up. Great, I appreciate that. You're welcome, Howard. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, do you really have to do a major duct cleaning year after year? Well, the answer is not necessarily. We're going to help you figure out when you do need to clean your ducts and what perhaps an alternative way is to keep the air squeaky clean in your house after this. You're in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bondera Tile Mat Set, the fast, easy way to add the style and value of tile to your home. For more information, visit BonderaTileMatSet.com.
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Pick up the phone and give us a call because you will get the answer to your home improvement question, but you're also going to get a chance to win a great prize. And this hour, we're giving away a brand new phone. It's the VTEC DS6321, which really can make your landline and cell phone all into one. It'll download your cell phone phone numbers right into your landline phone, which is great because I'm always looking at my cell phone to figure out what the phone number is to say, call Tom. So this will <laughs> cut my <laughs> phone calling time right in half. It's worth $99.95, but it could be yours for free. So give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit for your home improvement answer and your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, about this time of year, we frequently get solicitations from duct cleaning companies that are offering to come and remove all the nastiness from the inside of the ducts that carry both warm and cool air throughout your house if you have a forced air heating system. The question is, is it really necessary or not? And truth of the matter is, we say no. Unless you have had a recent major renovation in your house where the whole house has gotten full of construction debris and Mm. dust, and you've had an, an unusually high amount of, of that stuff floating in the air. In that situation, I may have my ducts clean, but for the most part, I don't think it's necessary. Um, I think a better alternative is to simply change your filters every month. Most people don't. And secondly to that, install an electronic air cleaner. Now, an electronic air cleaner, properly designed and installed, is going to keep your air far, far, far more cleaner than a duct cleaning could ever achieve on its own. Uh, there are lots of great brands out there. There's one from Train called Clean Effects. There's one from April Air uh, that's called the Model 5000. That's the one that we have. They both work fantastic, and you will see a definite difference in the cleanliness of your air. It will cut back on allergies and that sort of thing, and as well as the amount of dust that lands on furniture. So it actually helps you cut back on houseworks. But as far as the duct cleaning, I say you really don't need that except if you've had an extreme situation like a home remodeling project that that got everything really, really dirty at once. 888-666-3974. If you do have an extreme home remodeling project, though, we can help you get dirty. Just call us and we'll tell you <laughs> where to begin. Who's next? Judy in DeKalb, Illinois, has a question about carpeting. What can we do for you? I have indoor-outdoor carpeting glued onto my concrete front porch. Wow. Nothing harder to remove, Judy. Well, I'm, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> and you're falling out of love with that beautiful indoor-outdoor carpet, huh? Well, I just bought it with the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, what you're going to end up doing is, you know, pulling up as much of the old material as you can. Sure. Uh, and then if it's fairly flat to the concrete, so there's no chunks stuck on it, what I would do is I would resurface all of the concrete with either an epoxy paint or an epoxy patching compound if you have any unevenness to it. And you can trowel that on and have sort of a stucco appearance when you're all done, and it'll stick to whatever's underneath it, Mm -hmm. which is most important. 
I mean, if you're trying to get rid of that adhesive, pretty much the only thing that's going to work at this point is a solvent and some sort of scraping device that's very, very durable on a long stick to save your back because you need to put the solvent on that glue and let it really get to work on it to sort of break it down and then scrape it away. I mean, it's, you know, luckily yours is outdoors. So, you know, it's not going to be too odorific, if you will, for you. Like, you know, I've worked on this type of stuff in a basement before for clients and it's stinky and it's backbreaking work but that's the only solution if you want to get rid of it completely what about like a heat gun oh that that would even be stinkier yeah well i'm outside yeah no yeah, i'm telling the, you're gonna end up breathing some of that stuff and god okay. knows what's in it i wouldn't do and that you at all, need Judy. the solvent to liquefy whatever that adhesive is and there's you know you it's going to be trial and error unless you happen to know what that adhesive was you know sometimes it's an alcohol based solvent and sometimes you know it's a mineral spirits based solvent it really depends so you're going to have to you know mix and match and try some things of course let the first one dry completely before you try another one <laughs> or try a different spot exactly well, thanks. I didn't think it was going to be fun, and you it's certainly no have um, concreted that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, and I'll give right, it a go as soon as spring comes. Let us know how you make out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Heading west to Utah, Judy. You've got the Money Pit. What can we help you with? How long does paint last if it hasn't been opened? Ah, good question. Okay, and we can can we presume it hasn't frozen either, Judy? No, it's been inside. Well, you know it can last many years, and oh, uh, I, I know it's this because I've saved, paint, I've saved paint for many years. <laughs> Some people collect coins; I collect paint. Yeah, as long as it hasn't been frozen and it's been a conditioned space, and you know, you know that the molecular structure it changes if it freezes. So if you've kept it room temperature, I say just give it a super good shake. And if you've got more than one can of the same color, I would put all of it in like a five-gallon bucket. Just to keep the consistency. However, unlike coins, the longer you hold on to it, it does not get more valuable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Up next, we are going to answer your email questions, including tips on the easiest way to paint over dark or bright colors, which is also known as, ooh, I shouldn't have picked that paint. (laughs) (laughs) So stick around. Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You can find us on Facebook or text us on Twitter. The Money Pit is available whenever and wherever you need us. Check out our ideas and solutions section at moneypit.com right now for help with keeping your home healthy. We've got tips on dealing with everything from mold to dust to the nasty VOCs that used to be in just about everything that's inside your house from paint to furniture. We've got tips on how to handle all of that online at moneypit.com. 
All right. And while you're online, why not shoot us an email with your home improvement question and we'll answer them like we do every hour of the show. And I've got one here from Fiona in Utah who writes, I want to repaint a room in my home that is currently a very bright purple. I was going to use kills and then paint over that. Is there a better way to seal the undercolor? And what is the best product to use to seal slash prime the walls? Just imagine what was going on in that house when they decided that purple was the color for that room. I bet it's like a teenage girl's room. It's got to be. What, from like the 80s? No, are you kidding? I can't tell you how many parents I meet at home improvement centers that are like, what do I do? My daughter's room is bright green and pink. Should I just leave it that way for my office? I'm like, oh, is that going to help your work or is that going to make you crazy? I think, you know, younger uh, human beings, if you right. will, teenagers, they're more prone to picking like the crazy color combos. But even if an adult makes that choice, even if it's a simple color that you just decide you don't like, but it's very saturated, primer really is the key to making that color go away. Yeah, and especially tinted primers. Yeah. You want to make sure, you know, whatever color you're choosing, if it's another bold color, that you go with a tinted primer because the primer, number one, is going to seal whatever's there and cover up so that you get good adhesion for your next color. But if it's tinted, especially if you're dealing with like a red or certain blues, it helps to minimize the number of top coats, if you will, in the color that you've actually selected. Yeah, it makes a big difference. And you want to use oil-based primer, too, when you have an uncertain... Uh, wall finish like that mm. because it really does a good job of sealing everything in that's there before and provides a perfect surface for the next coat to come. Remember, the primer is sort of the glue that makes paint stick. So yeah. you want to make sure you do it once, do it right, and not have to do it again. For those bright, crazy colors, tinted primer is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And remember, primer is not an optional step. Do it. You'll be so happy that you did. Well, you know the saying, it's a dry heat. Uh-huh. People usually say that in the summer, but it really is true in the winter, especially if you have a forced air heating system and you're used to waking up with a very dry and parched palate. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a solution. It's a humidifier, but it needs a lot of maintenance or it can actually become dangerous for you and your family. Leslie's got some tips on how to do just that on today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, it's true. Humidifiers, you do need to maintain them. It's not just about filling up the water and then turning it on every single day. You really need to give them some attention because otherwise your humidifier, it can get clogged. And then what can happen is that it'll stop working or worse, it can distribute mold or bacteria through your house. So you want to make sure that you clean your humidifier as recommended by the manufacturer. They all have their own tricks of the trade. So read those directions. You're probably like, directions? Right, you're supposed to keep them. So if you don't have them, look online for your manufacturer. They'll find the directions right there. And really pay attention to that maintenance that that manufacturer recommends. Now, one trick of the trade is to soak the evaporator pad in a white vinegar and water solution. Because humidifiers, they often get clogged by mineral salts that are left behind as the water evaporates. And that vinegar that we're suggesting, it's going to melt that salt away. Now, here's the thing. You have to remember to rinse the evaporator pad very very, very well, because if you don't, your entire house is going to smell like a salad dressing or Easter egg dye. So make sure you rinse it well, but that's a good tip and maintain your humidifiers. Otherwise, you're going to be scratchy throat all winter long. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. The show does continue, though, right now on MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.
Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.